Let his mind be in me, a servant as your son. And may your heart be my heart to see a lost world one. Your mind, Lord, make it mine. Your road I'll follow. Your life shall be my life. Oh, make your life be my life. Oh, let your way be my way, obeying your commands. And may my journey prosper in near or distant lands. Oh, let his life be my life, to follow you each day, and may your joy be my joy, with Christ along the way, his mind, Lord, make it mine, your road I'll follow, his life shall be my life. Whose life shall be my life? Oh, may his life be my life. Luke chapter 2. morning we'll be looking at what little we know about the youth of Jesus' life here on earth. Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 41, says, And his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. When he was twelve years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days, as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinfolk and acquaintance. When they find him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, seeking him. It came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I sought thee, sorrowing. And he said unto them, How is it that you sought me? Wish ye not that I must be about my father's business? And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth, and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men. The title of the message this morning, Increasing 
in the Lord. Increasing in the Lord. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the privilege and opportunity that is ours to be gathered here today. And thank you for your word. And that way you can look into it and read and study. That we might learn and grow in our grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That we might be better effective servants of thine. And that we might know your blessing and your power in our lives. That we might be able to overcome the temptations of the devil and the world in the flesh, that we might leave, live pleasing and honoring to thee, a life of victory. So Lord, just pray that you speak to our hearts, encourage us and challenge us. Where conviction is needed, I pray that you bring conviction and repentance. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 52 is what most basically going to look at. And we'll look at some other verses as well. But it says that Jesus increased. And I think this is a sum of these, this passage. Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. The word increase means to make progress. To lengthen out by hammering. Now think about that. Lengthen out by hammering. That doesn't sound easy, does it? As a smith forges metal. So this is not a simple one-time thing. It's a continual process. As I was thinking about that, as a, as a smith forges metal. So I, I, I Googled a little bit, guy making a knife, a certain kind of knife. And, of course, he put it in the fo- a piece of metal in a forge. It didn't look anything like a knife. He put that piece of metal in the forge. And he gets it red hot, and he pulls it out, he begins hammering it. And he puts it back in the forge, and then he gets it red hot again. He pulls it out, and he hammers it some more. And, and this guy spent hours and hours and hours, maybe several days, working on a knife. It was this long. Now, it wasn't just an ordinary knife. It was a special kind of knife. And that's the idea here, to lengthen out by hammering. You know, we like to quote Romans chapter 8, verses 28 and 29, which says, All things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. But verse 29 goes along with verse 28. For whom he did foreknow, them he also did predestinate. In other words, he desires to bring to pass that they be conformed to the image of his Son. And for us to be conformed to the image of his Son he has to lengthen us out. Just like a smith takes a piece of metal and hammers it out. I heard a preacher, he's actually from North Carolina, Craig Edwards. Some of you may have heard of him. I don't know if he's still living or not. His health wasn't real good at that time. He had, he had retired from pastoring. He was up in Maine at Pastor Nissi's church, and he preached a message in Romans chapter 8. And he said, the, the picture, uh, he, he, uh, he said, take a, take a guy who carves, carves dogs out of a block of wood. And he said, how do you do that? He said, I cut off everything that doesn't look like a dog. That's what God's doing in your life. He begins to work on us and cut off everything that doesn't look like Christ. And so it says that Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. This word increase is used many times in the Bible. 2 Corinthians 9.10 says, 
Now, to he that ministers seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. God wants us to increase. 2 Corinthians 10.15, not boasting of things without our measure, that is, of other men's labors, but having hope when your faith is increased, that we shall be enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly. Ephesians 4.15 says, but speaking the truth in love may grow up. There's the word, same word, increase. Grow up into him in all things, which is ahead, even Christ. Uh, Colossians 1.10, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. And Colossians 2.19, not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bands having nourishment ministered and knit together, increaseth with the increase of God. And 2 Peter 3.18 says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So God wants us to increase. Uh, increase. Uh, he wants us to increase. Number one, he says here that Jesus increased in wisdom, in, in stature, in favor with God and man. So he, first of all, he increased in wisdom. Now, I think this is a good pattern for us, or something for us to think about and study. He increased in wisdom. The word wisdom means broad and full intelligence used of the knowledge of very diverse matters. Um, you know, varied knowledge of human of things human and divine, acquired by acuteness and experience. Uh, it's, it it can mean skill in the management of affairs. Uh, devout and proper prudence. These are all Bible usages. Devout and proper prudence in intercourse with men, not disciples of Christ. In other words, Skill and discretion in imparting Christian truth. That's wisdom. He that winneth souls is wise, Proverbs says. So it takes wisdom to know how to give the truth of God's word to people. That takes wisdom. But where do we get wisdom? Where does it come from? You see, the source of wisdom is God. You missed a good Sunday school lesson. Brother Hoyle said... We're looking at naming the leper, and and that little maid of Israel had more wisdom than the king in Israel. She knew, she understood where Naaman could get help for his leprosy. The king didn't. She had wisdom. He did not. Wisdom comes from God, but much of it comes from God. The source is God. But much of it is passed on to us. Are you ready? By our parents. Or those we submit and subject ourselves to to instruct us. Again, there's no such thing as a self-made man. You got, and I mentioned this too, uh, Thursday night. God uses humans' instruments to pass on truth. Ye are the light of the world. When, when, when the Ethiopian eunuch sitting in his chair reading Isaiah's prophets, and Philip comes along and says, Understandest thou what thou readest? He says, How can I except some man should guide me? I need the wisdom of God, but I need a man to help me get that wisdom of God. So much of it is passed on to us by our parents. Uh, go, go to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. The book of wisdom. 
Proverbs 4, 4 and 5 actually. But notice Proverbs 4, verse 1. Hear ye children the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also, and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words, keep my commandments, and live. Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. It's the most important thing there is. Therefore, get wisdom with all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. She shall give to thine head an ornament of grace. A crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. I have led thee in the right path. When thou goest, thy steps shall not be straightened. When thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. Take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. Enter not into the path of the wicked. Go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it. Pass not by it. Turn from it and pass away. For they sleep not except they doth done mischief. Their sleep is taken away unless they cause some to fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of justice is a shining light. It shineth more and more into the perfect day. The, wicked, the way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ears unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart from all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a froward mouth and perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet. And let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. Chapter 5, verse 1. My son, attend unto my wisdom, and bow, thou, bow thine ear unto my understanding, that thou mayest regard discretion, and thy lips may keep knowledge. So wisdom. He says, you know, wisdom will promote thee. To bring thee to honor, verse 8. Uh, it will give you a quality of life, verse 10. Years of thy life shall be many. It will bring liberty. It will not hinder you. Notice in verse 12, When thou goest, thy steps shall not be straightened, or hindered, or restricted. Uh, 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 and when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. You know, I, when I read that, I, I thought of Ben Carson. Remember when, during the uh, um, uh, primaries, and uh, some, some reporter or somebody said to Ben Carson, aren't you a little fearful about you know, how the the media, you know, does all this. Uh, I mean, they they dig and dig and dig, to try and find dirt on everybody. And if there isn't any dirt, they'll make some up. You know, Ben Carson said, "I'm not afraid. I don't have any skeletons in my closet." See, see, wisdom will give you liberty. It'll keep you from wickedness. Verses thirteen to seventeen. Take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her. For she is thy life. Enter not into the path of the wicked. Go not in the way of evil men. Void it. Pass not by it. Turn from it and pass away. Uh, uh, it will establish you on the right path. Verse 25 and 26. Let thine eyes look right on. Let thine eyelids look straight at before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet. And let all thy ways be established. So we need to get wisdom. So we need to seek wisdom. And again, much of it's passed on to us by our parents. 
Joseph did not become so discreet and wise by hanging around his brothers and his peers. Years ago, I heard somebody say, you know, you hear things like this. You homeschoolers don't know how to socialize. If you homeschool your children, your children will be socially inept because they don't know how to they don't know how to uh, uh, conduct themselves in social settings. That's the biggest lie, right out of the pit of hell. Joseph did not learn to be so discreet and wise by hanging around his peers. And I heard one of his homeschool advocates say, "What good thing can a twelve-year-old teach a twelve-year-old?" Not much. Or 16, or even 18. No. Who did Joseph hang around? Who did Joseph hang around? His father. He hung around his father. He spent time with his father. Where do you think he learned to manage a household so well? When he went down to Egypt as a prisoner... Potiphar turned his whole household over to him, and he was not 20 years old yet. I'll tell you where he learned it. From his father. From his father. Psalm 44, verse 1 says, We have heard with our ears, O God, our fathers have told us what works thou did in their days, in times of old. Psalm 78 Give ear, O my people, verse 1 through 3. Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. You know, Proverbs 1, 5. A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel. Proverbs 9, 9, give instruction to a wise man and he will be yet wiser. Teach a just man and he will increase in learning. Proverbs 14, 16, a wise man feareth and departeth from evil, but the fool rageth and is confident. Proverbs 17, 10, a reproof entereth more into a wise man than an hundred stripes into a fool. You, you, you go through the book of Proverbs, and there's verse after verse. Uh, Proverbs 16:21. The wise in heart shall be called prudent. Prudent has the idea of wisdom to perceive. Uh, shall be called prudent, and the sweetness of the lips increaseth learning. Proverbs 14:15. The simple believe every word, but the prudent man looketh well to his going. Proverbs 15:5. A fool despiseth his father's instruction, but he that regardeth reproof is prudent. In Proverbs 18:15, the heart of the prudent getteth knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeketh knowledge. So, you know, God wants us to increase in wisdom, and the source of this wisdom, is, the, the ultimate source is God. But much of it's passed on to us by those in, that God has put over us in authority over us. Now, you might say, well. My father wasn't the wisest guy in the world, and maybe he wasn't. Take what he 
learn from his mistakes, take what he maybe did teach you, and increase it. Um, you know, we still have the Word of God, and it's of course important that we we uh, uh, obey those in authority over us and and learn from those that God puts in our lives. So, so we need to increase in wisdom. Not only did he increase in wisdom, he increased in stature, number two, increased in stature. And the word stature here means age or adult age or maturity, uh, suitable age for anything. Webster describes it this way, a degree of development attained, a level of achievement. And so I would say, that, to sum that up, I would say it's to increase in growth of the mind and emotion so that you can face or are prepared for the blessings, the trials, and the responsibilities of life. I mean, look around in our society and the sad state of affairs we're in. And the Well, let me ask you this. Why would people vote for Bernie Sanders? Because they don't want to take responsibility for their own actions. They want the government to take care of them. In other words, they're not prepared. They're not mature. They haven't grown in stature. They aren't prepared for real life responsibilities. They aren't they are not fully developed. They are children in adult bodies what they are. Now, the practice to full development, we see here in verses 46 through 51. And I want you to notice several things. First of all, we see here, and in in Jesus is our pattern of increasing in wisdom and stature. And here he is, he is, number one, seeking the wisdom of the elders. Notice in verse 46 it says, And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at understanding and answers. So, so you know, get the picture. He's 12 years old. Now, you and I know that he's the son of God. He's God in the flesh. Can you imagine parenting this child who never did anything wrong? Uh, but here he is. He's, he's sitting in the midst of the doctors, the elders, the learned ones in Jerusalem that know the scriptures, that know the truth. They're supposed to anyway. And, he's, and he's, he's, he's asking them, hearing them, and asking them questions. You want to learn? You want to grow in wisdom and in stature? Listen to those older than you that have gone before you and ask them questions. You know, ask them things like, what would you do different if you had to do over again? I tell you what, that can be very telling. And very instructive. Job said this in Job 32.7. Job says, I said, they should speak. 
and multitude of years should teach wisdom. Elihu is the one that actually said that. But uh, days should speak, and multitude of years should teach wisdom. Leviticus 19.32, Thou shalt rise up before the hoary head, and honor the face of the old man, and fear thy God, I am the Lord. 1 Kings 12.6, And King Rehoboam consulted with the old men that stood before Solomon's father while he yet lived, and said, How do you advise that I answer this people? Verse 8 says, He forsook the counsel of the old men, which they had given him, and consulted with young men that were grown up with him, and which stood before him. And the king answered the people roughly, and forsook the old men's counsel that they gave him. And spake to them after the counsel of the young men. And that's not the end of the verse. But what happened as a result? He divided the kingdom. He lost ten tribes. Why? Because he took the counsel of the young whippersnappers who thought they were smarter than the old guys that had, that had prospered the kingdom before. I told you to keep your place in Proverbs. Go back to Proverbs chapter 5 again. <clears throat> Proverbs 5. And now I'm going to read all this for sake of time. But it says, My son, verse 1, Attend unto my wisdom, and bow, down thy, bow thine ear unto my, to my understanding, that thou mayest regard discretion, that thy lips may keep knowledge. For the lips of a strange woman drop as a honeycomb, and her mouth is smoother than oil. But her end is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. You know, sin is very attractive. Sin is very attractive. Like the appearance of a beautiful woman. It's very tempting. But it says her end is as bitter as wormwood. Her feet go down to death. Her steps take hold on hell. Lest thou shouldest ponder the path of life. Her ways are movable. That thou canst not know them. You know there will be always change. Nothing to plant your feet on and say, this is right. Once you start down the road of sin, you will have nothing to establish yourself on. Everything is constant change. Hear me now, therefore, O ye children, and depart not from the words of my mouth. Remove thy way from her, and come not nigh the door of her house, lest thou give thine honor unto others, thy years unto the cruel. Lest strangers be filled with thy wealth, and thy labors be in the house of a stranger. Thou mourn at the last, when thy flesh and thy body consume, and say, notice this, How have I hated instruction, and my heart despised reproof, and have not obeyed the voice of my teachers, nor inclined mine ear to them that instructed me. So, here he is. Again, get the picture. He's sitting in the temple in the midst of the doctors, hearing them and asking them questions. But not only that, after Mary and Joseph find him, it says in verse 51, and he went down with them, that is Mary and Joseph, and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. So, he, you know, again, he, he says to them, Wish you not, I must be about my father's business. You know, he, they didn't understand that. He, but he's 12 years old. 
But it's not time yet for him to make himself known. And so he goes back down to Nazareth with them, and he makes himself subject unto them. Again, I understand he's 12 years old, but he's the Son of God. But he makes himself subject unto them. He stayed at Nazareth in obscurity until he's about 30 years old. Now, I don't know that that's a magical age, but in Luke chapter 1, verse 80, speaking about John the, De- John the Baptist, it says this, And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his showing unto Israel. And Hebrews 11:24 says this about Moses, By faith, when he was come to years, Refused to be called the son of favor of the daughter. When he was come to years, when he was at the age of achievement. Now, Acts 7, 23 tells us that was 40 years old. When he came to years, he was 40 years old. That's when he killed the Egyptian. And then he tried to divide the Israelites. See, the point is this. Wisdom comes slowly. Lengthening out by hammering. It comes slowly. Maturity comes slowly. There's an old saying, an old German saying. They say it's German. Too soon old, too late smart. I say I have to agree with that. Uh, Too soon old, too late smart. You know, 1 Timothy 2.11 says, Let the women learn in silence with all subjection. Now, if women who are to be in subjection are to learn in silence, and children who are to be in subjection, shouldn't they also learn in silence? I'm not saying they can't talk. Obviously, women can talk. Because they sure do. Uh, say amen, fellas. But, uh, so, but, uh, uh, you know, but they need to learn. They need to be listening. Children need to be listening. There was an old saying that we used to hear years ago that has been totally thrown out the window with our modern age of raising children. They should be seen and not heard. You know, we'd be a whole lot better off if that was our philosophy. Too many children think they know everything. Give me a couple of examples in the Bible. Second Chronicles 24.2 And Joash, who was a king, did that which was right in the sight of the Lord all the days of Jehoiada the priest. And you know what happened when Jehoiada the priest died? He had Jehoiada's son killed because he got some new advisors. The rod and reproof, uh, Proverbs 29:15. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. 1 Timothy 5:4. But if any widow have children or nephews, let them learn first to show piety. That word piety means worship or respect. To the show piety at home, they need to learn to show respect to their parents. That's the idea here. Um, 
and to requite. Now that word requite means to repay, to make return for service, or to give or do in return. Too many children in our society think the world owes them a living. They ain't doing a thing around the house. All I've got to say is you're a lazy, rotten, no good for nothing bum. That's your attitude. No, the Bible says here you're to requite their parents. That's in there. Uh, for that is good and acceptable before God. You know, help clean the house, mow the lawn, trim the shrubs, pull the weeds, hoe the garden, whatever it is. And without an allowance. I hate that thing. That's, that's, I think that's teaching your children to get something for nothing. Now, when our children start working for us, we paid them. But to do the typical household chores, uh-uh. You need to learn to just work because it's right, not because you get a reward. You know, one of the sure signs of apostasy is when children run the house. Isaiah 3, 4 says, I will give children to be their princes, and babes shall rule over them. Isaiah 3, verse 11 and 12, Woe unto the wicked, it shall be ill with him, for the reward of his hands shall be given him. As for my people, children are their oppressors, and women rule over them. O my people, they which lead thee cause thee to err, and destroy the ways, the way of thy past. Isn't that where we are in our society? We've got children running around in adult bodies that are ruling No, they were, Jesus made himself subject. Here, here he is, he's the son of God. He made himself subject to Mary and Joseph. And Mary and Joseph were faithful to instruct him. You know, they, you know, you know, they didn't understand everything about this. They knew he was a particular child, but they didn't understand everything about him. And they were faithful to instruct him and to teach him. They were faithful to assemble uh, uh, and they even they inconvenienced themselves. They were willing to make the investment. This was important to them. They had gone up to Jerusalem. Matthew Henry says this in his commentary, quote, It was their constant practice to attend there according to the law. Though it was a long journey and they were poor and perhaps not well able, without straightening themselves or causing you know, difficulty to themselves, to bear the expenses of it. Note, Public ordinances must be frequented, and we must not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. Worldly business must give way to spiritual concerns. Joseph and Mary had a son in the house with them that was able to teach them better than all the rabbis at Jerusalem, yet they went up hither after the custom of the feast. For the Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob, and so should we. Unquote. That was important to them, that their children, by the way, there was other children that followed Jesus. There's James, Judas, and Simon, and, uh, and they had sisters. The Bible doesn't name the sisters, but there were sisters. You know, James became one of the pastors at Jerusalem later on. Jude wrote Judas' book, we believe the book of Jude. Yes, it requires time, it requires sacrifice. But it will pay 
rich dividends. We only have one shot. Parents, we only got one shot. And we need to encourage our children by our attitude and our attendance to God's house to, the, to receive instruction that we might grow in the wisdom and the stature with God. And then the thirdly, he increased not only in wisdom and stature, but in favor with God and man. The word favor is the same word grace. It's the Greek word charis. Uh, it's that which affords joy, pleasure, delight, sweetness, charm, grace of speech, of goodwill, loving kindness. Of course, John 1.14 says that the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He was full of grace and truth. Uh, but speaking about this, this word favor... One of the definitions in Strong's was this, of the merciful kindness by which God, exerting his holy influence upon souls, turns them to Christ, keeps, strengthens, increases them in Christian faith, knowledge, affection, and kindles them to exercise of the Christian virtues. So, so we need to increase in favor in the Christian virtues. Uh, and again, God gives this as we seek to please him. In Acts 7.10, the Bible says, And delivered him out of all of his afflictions, and gave him favor. Speaking about Joseph. So gave him grace, or favor, and wisdom in the sight of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And he made him governor over Egypt and over all his hats. See, again, God gives this favor. Uh, in Acts chapter 11, verse 23, Who, when he came, speaking about Barnabas, and has seen the grace of God. You know, the grace of God can be seen. He had seen the grace of God, was glad, and exhorted them all that without purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. You know, God had so worked in those believers, and I think that was at Antioch, that he saw it. He saw that God's favor was upon them. They had received the word of the truth. And, of course, we need to continue in grace. In Acts 13.43, says, Now when the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews and religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who speaking to them, Persuade them to continue in the grace of God. Um, Ecclesiastes 10.12 says this. The words of a wise man's mouth are gracious. Words are full of favor. But the lips of fool will swallow up himself. Colossians 4, 6 says, Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. You know, when, it, when, it, when they spoke of Jesus in Luke chapter 4, I believe it was, in verse 22, it says, All bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is not this Joseph's son? You see, he was full of wisdom, stature. He increased. And in fa- he had fo- in favor with God and men. Are you increasing in wisdom, stature, and favor, the grace of God?
Am I increasing? You might say, am I increasing in my walk with the Lord? Am I feeding my soul and my spirit with the preaching and teaching of the Word of God? You know, Jesus said several times in the, in the Gospel of Matthew in particular, he'd say this. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Now, they all had ears. But not all of them had ears to hear. The Pharisees all heard him. They didn't hear him. They didn't receive what he said. He that he hath ears to hear, let him hear. Are you hearing? Are you increasing in wisdom and stature? Favor. In the service of the Lord. Somebody said this, and I quote, Serving the Lord is much like riding a bicycle. Either you're moving forward, or you fall down. So either you're moving forward, increasing, or you'll fall down. See, God desires to use us, to bless us, if we will apply ourselves, make ourselves available, make ourselves usable, God desires to do great things through you and I. You know, I think of Caleb. After they come back from spying out the land, and Caleb said this, If the Lord delight in us, he will bring us into the land. And he will give it to us. Now, the truth is, the Lord does delight in us. It's The question is, do we delight in him? Do we desire to be increased in the knowledge, in the wisdom and stature and favor with God and man? Somebody said the difference between the ordinary and the extraordinary is the extra you put into it. Remember, God doesn't change. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't move. We're the ones that need to change. And if we will draw nigh to him, he will draw nigh to us. You know, the wisdom is available. No matter who you are or where you've come from, wisdom is available. It crieth from the rooftops, Proverbs says. It's available to us. We must seek it. God is seeking you. Are you seeking him? 